everyone. Welcome back to B2B Bits and Bytes, practical tips in B2B e-commerce for digital commerce success. I'm Kathleen Lewarczyk, your moderator, and joining me today are regular host Joe Albrecht, our ex-engage CEO. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kathleen. And our client, Nate Wachruba from building supply distribution company Emmerhart. Hey, Nate. Hey, Kathleen. How are you? Good. Glad to have you on the show. So on our fourth and final episode of season seven, our myth busters of B2B digital commerce series, we're focusing on the role of the B2B manufacturer, even though you're a distributor, and providing reasons why it's essential to lead in this space now. Absolutely. As we typically do, we'll discuss myths and provide insights and tell you a little bit more about what's going on. So welcome to the show. So Nate, let's begin with a little background on your company and the role that you play as a leader in a company that's committed to digital first operations. Yeah, first, thank, you know, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited about this podcast and, and to be here today to talk about this. These are important topics. Um, Amherst's been in the building distribution uh, industry for more than 80 years. And uh, we service lumber and building material dealers, home improvement centers, and industrial manufacturers across the Midwest. We, uh, we have 11 locations in six states, and, and I've been working with uh, Amherst in the digital space for about the last five years. Um, goals here, reduce, eliminate friction with our customers, which obviously includes our interactions with our manufacturers that provide us products to distribute to our customers. Over the last five years, I've worked closely with X-Engage and Optimizely to, to create an industry-leading e-commerce experience that allows our customers to uh, access our products, inventory, pricing, uh, invoices, AR, and more using a, a very rich uh, UI uh, that's convenient for them at their time. And prior to, to Amherst, I spent about 10 years at a manufacturing manufacturer building out e-commerce for consumers, uh, for retailers, and, and distributors. So quite a bit of experience on the e-com side, and I'm happy to, to talk through some of those, those data and connectivity pieces today. Thank you so much. And I one, think your rich experience one comment on this, uh, sorry. Great. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Kathleen. Also, Nate, you were early on, actually five years ago, embarked on the PIM as a fundamental, um, you know, need and really the importance of product data. I just wanted to add that in. Sometimes we tend to forget, but very early on, you knew product data is critical in this um, digital experience and made sure that was a solid uh, piece as well. Absolutely was, and, and we're going to hit on that in just a bit here. I think later in the in the show on on the value of PEM and and why we saw that as a necessary piece to providing that rich experience to our customers. Great. So you have lots of rich experience, and especially in this e-commerce space, there's so much that you can provide insights to our listeners of CTOs, CIOs, CMOs, and people that work in just digital e-commerce space in general. Our myth. Buster series is really focused this episode on the manufacturing. The fact that you have manufacturing and you receive information from manufacturers as a distributor is really why we wanted to have you on the show and of course all your experience. So if I can just lean into that, let's let's talk about some of the myths. And the first one we often hear from manufacturers, and arguably one of the most controversial ones is we can't. We don't want to compete with our distributors. We don't want to be in e-commerce. And I'm curious, as a distributor, do you think that's really true? And what's what's the myth-busting truth behind it? I'll say the, the myth-busting truth behind it is that the ideal manufacturers, the ones that we love to work with, have a digital plan. They understand their data. They understand their customers. And they want to control the message. 
they have brand standards and have made the investment into building out supporting materials, things like brochures and spec sheets and images and videos. And, and in a lot of cases, they're the experts and, and we're taking what they've created and like their products, we're passing it along. You know, our goal is to move their product. And in order to do that, we need to become somewhat of an expert in their space. We need to understand the benefits and products uh, that they're providing our customers. And obviously, the quicker that we can get up to speed on their product, the quicker we can take it into the hands of our customers to solve their problems. It's, it's critical to their success, our manufacturer's success, that they spend time and invest in providing us the digital assets that allow us to scale their product line. Great. So I have heard manufacturers say, well, you know, if, if we do all this work um, and we sort of look at the space of going direct, that's going to be directly competing against our distributors. But I've heard other people say, well, if there's a s- smart space for us to carve out that is actually going to help the distributor, if we manage this piece of small business to take the um, hard effort or um, very difficult potentially very cost prohibitive part of this type of relationship off their hands. That's actually a benefit. So this becomes better partnership. Indeed it does. If a, if a manufacturer goes direct, they are going to be forced to understand their customer. They're going to be forced to provide digital assets that their customer is going to need to learn about their product. Providing those materials to a distributor gives us the opportunity to provide them in mass scale. That, that's what we can provide manufacturers is scale and, and pushing those products and product lines out wider than they can on their own. The value is that they now understand that and can help us understand how customers are going to utilize their product lines. Yeah, I'm sure you've had some examples of manufacturers who, once they started becoming more digital, said, oh my gosh, light bulb, you know, this now makes so much more sense and how I can help you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the best customers are those that are direct, uh, unfortunately for us, those that understand the message, those that want to control the message um, because they've, they've invested that time. And once they know how to sell to the customers rather than just focusing on the innovation, we can leverage that message and sell direct to the customers that, that we are working with as well. Love that. Joe, anything to add? Uh, I would say there's certainly this aspect of um, making it easier and more streamlined to interact with the distribution channel. But I think there's a huge internal benefit and need for manufacturers to organize, for instance, product content. I just spent uh, time with a manufacturer uh, last week and the uh, PIM initiative uh, being so critically important for the organization to streamline the process around product data. Uh, if you sell in different regions, right, Europe, uh, North America, etc., translation is a huge uh, aspect of this. But more so, uh, what I have picked up on is that it's not just about the product itself. It's increasingly about the solution that the product can enable and the content that goes with it, the educational material that goes with it. Uh, so much so that uh, there could be entire video libraries that uh, educate the end users. So not even 
you know, the distribution channel or the customers, the direct customers, but the end users, so the, the customers of the distributor, those who install um, the materials in the field, especially in construction, that's a big aspect, right? And educating um, about uh, use of product uh, or suitability of product in, in construction scenarios, all that is, is absolutely critical and hinges upon that rich content. And you've got to have a place to aggregate that. You've got to have that streamlined in this digital um, time because anyone who you're going to uh, interact with, whether it's sales or education, wants that content in a digital format. Joe, I love that you said that because I think the common myth that we're trying to bust is that the product itself is you know, the hard good itself. When in reality, what we would tell you, and, and Nate has already shared this, is that it's bigger than that. Innovation is all of the accompanying data, assets, et cetera, that come with it so that you're discoverable, that you are able to be found meaningfully when you're out in the marketplace competing with a bunch of others. And to the point you just drew, right, to be able to help lead that end user consumer to the solution for how do, how do we do this? How do we use it is so valuable. Nate, want to comment on any of that? Yeah, I mean, clearly product innovation is, is key. Understanding um, you, you know, the manufacturer's product, understanding their customers and, and how they're going to improve upon the product line. But product data allows manufacturers to scale. I mean, you can invent something inside of a, a paper bag and only those inside the paper bag are going to know about it. But if you can pull and share that product information on a, on a larger scale, you're, you're growing your business. We have manufacturers at varying levels of digital readiness. We have some that have little to no product content. They lack web presence, and are and it's difficult for us to move them their product. In in some some cases, we we create that content for them, and that slows us down. That that's not what we're best. Although we we can't do that. Sometimes we outsource it, uh, and sometimes we create it internally. On the other end, we've had product manufacturers who are selling products direct and and those guys are the best they understand the value of the product data they have invested the time to create the, the product data and supporting their innovation these guys are the guys we love to work with they make our job so so much easier you know they provide digital content to us prior to the product landing on our site we can then promote the product prior to it landing on our side to our customers well, we understand. We understand their needs. We understand their challenges. And now we have the, the material, the digital material to start selling that product before it's even landed on our yards and in, in our sites. We're turning product for those customers much faster than for customers or for manufacturers, excuse me, that, that don't have that digital content, content that we need to provide. Such a great point. I think manufacturers aren't always as aware that it really, this is where it matters. This is where the rubber meets the road, right? Like if you're turning the products faster and at greater velocity, that, that's a win for everybody. So I think to be able to sort of crisp this up for manufacturers, it's, you know, be in a state of digital readiness so that you can be a true partner for your distributor. It's also, I think, so it, it, it really attaches to the, to the topic of the operational process um, and how it has to change as as you're selling more and more in the digital world and channels. Um, so in the past, you focused on building a product as a manufacturer, and once the product is ready, it can be sold. Um, but today, you need that 
additional content to make it a sellable thing or we, we call it sometimes we talk about web ready right you said it made um they're ready to sell online because they have that d2c channel so how do you get it web ready well you have to do a lot of work around right you have to generate assets as a manufacturer you have to um, think about the translation you have to think about the spec sheets you have to really um, potentially do video for it if you want to tell uh, the solution context etc so there is a lot of work that goes into getting ready to sell this um, in the digital channel and that work if that cannot happen concurrently maybe even while the product is uh, in r d stage you're losing time and and go to market opportunity so a lot of emphasis i have seen with manufacturers is that they the reason they are focusing on PIM and systems to streamline this is to 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 help them transform the operational approach and change the processes around to work uh, more in concurrency or parallel to 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 getting products to launch to market quicker. Folks, you're listening to B2B Bits and Bytes, a podcast around digital commerce success. And we're here talking with client Nate Matruba from Amerhart and Joe Albrecht, our CEO, about ways manufacturers should be able to help be web ready in their product assortments to help their distributor partners. Now, um, Nate, we're going to take a quick hiatus to the digital topic, and we're actually going to talk about food. And the reason why is on this show... We talk about digital bits and bytes, of course, and how to advance your digital commerce success. But we also talk about the other bits and bytes, food and sips. So if I may, um, Amherst headquarters is in Wisconsin, and that there, from my knowledge, dairy is king. Of course, many people know about cheese curds and other great dairy products. But I was recently reading that there's a universal dish that brings Wisconsin people together, which is the Kringle. Um, And I heard it's also the state's official pastry. So yeah. anything you care to comment on that? In, indeed. It, indeed. Kringle is Wisconsin's official state pastry. I mean, it's a buttery, flaky, pretzel or oval, oval-shaped pastry that's filled with fruits, nuts, or both. You know, my personal preference is, is without nuts, I'm a raspberry or caramel apple kind of um, Kringle kind of guy. Yeah. And you know, we see it show up here at the office from... Uh, a local place that's that's actually um, made some some noise across the United States and Uncle Mike's Bake Shop, and and we just love that. And 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 Kringle will show up in all different sorts of of occasions. I mean, people who hired you know a new party or a housewarming gifts. I've seen it at you know after funerals. It, it's amazing what Kringle can do to bring people together. That is cool, Joe. Have you ever had one? Well, I wonder why not, you know, so far, so, so far Nate only gave me a spicy cheese curl. <laughs> I think that's on our agenda of things for our next meeting. <laughs> Done. All right. Well, back to the digital bits and bytes, um, talking about myths um, and busting them while we're all together. So we um, have t- talked about, you know, selling directly. We've talked about how to get your product and your content combined for the best web ready assortment. But the other piece, another myth that comes about is we hear manufacturing clients say, wow, the cost, complexity, investing in this space, it's it's just too much. It's too onerous. What's your perspective on that, Nate? Yeah, I mean any journey into the unknown appears to be scary and costly at costly on the surface. You know, at the start of our digital data transformation we had data in different sources excel pdfs 
and paper. Uh, we lacked data in key areas. We had dirty data. We were a hot mess. That's reality. You know, our, and our goal was to provide customers with a rich web experience. And, and we knew in order to, to do that, we needed two things. Number one, we needed a PIM. And we needed to find a partner that could help us implement our PIM. And X-Engage did that. It took, it, X-Engage experts took us through the process of uh, taxonomy and specs and, and putting together um, what we needed at the end result, but putting that to, together in, in bite-sized chunks that allowed us to fulfill those requirements to get to that rich experience. The second piece is we, we know, we knew we needed a resource to manage the data and the process for gathering and enriching the data. And, and that's key. And we were incredibly fortunate with both. We, we worked with the X-Engage team, we stood up in River, and we found an incredible resource to handle what we called the data wrangling. And, and that's where it was. There, was. there was data coming from every direction and we needed to pull it together in a way that made sense to us in a way that we felt that our customers could understand it. And, and we did all that. And today, I truly believe that our single most valuable resource is the product data that we've enriched. We can ingest product data from our manufacturers and quickly syndicate that data into a format that our customers can consume. And we can scale out quickly with new products, updated products, new manufacturers because of what we've done with our PIM and the processes that we've put in place to enrich that data, whether um, you know, web ready, web complete, whatever that standard might be and pushing it out in different ways. Maybe our customer has a POS system and they need some of our, our data that way. Maybe it's a, a website, we're pushing it that way. Maybe it's Amazon business. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a product catalog. I, I fear to say that there are probably some that have some paper catalogs. The way we've constructed our, our product data allows us to spit it out in that format. Maybe it's just price sheets. But again, what we've done with that data, thanks to some of our manufacturers and the process we put in place, allows us to quickly scale that into different ways. Wow, amazing. Joe, any comments on that? No, I mean... The overarching theme is really the same as what we said in the beginning when it is about the customer uh, using friction, taking painful processes and making them less painful, right? This can be internal friction also. So an example is um, the the uh, item request form and what goes into setting up a new SKU in an ERP system. That's, that's a painful process often because the data lives in different pockets in the organization, in different silos, different systems, in different Excel sheets, and R&D has some and this and that and the other. And putting this together to just create a new SKU in an ERP can be a pretty painful process and, and, and lengthy process. And so um, this idea of a data wrangler internally is of course primarily in the case, use case here from Nate, uh, uh, the data uh, preparation for the outbound uh, and the channels and the you know ecom website or print or what have you price lists. But wrangling through this data internally can also then improve uh, internal processes and reduce the friction there around certain aspects. 
Great point, Joe. We often think about external customers, but internal customers and team members too need that uh, harnessing of product data to make sure it works as well for servicing customers. Great, great point. Well, I want to talk about some of the points that you made, Nate, um, in my traditional wrap-up that I do a summary. But before I get there, um, I'm wondering if just to you know give our listeners sort of a top three especially manufacturers, things that you would tell them to consider as they either evaluate or accelerate their investments in digital commerce, uh, what would those top three things be that you'd want them to walk away with from this show? You know, product data must be prioritized to scale the innovation. They are equally as important. Innovation is as equally as important as product data and building out assets uh, to prepare not only yourselves, but those that are going to sell your products. Work closely with your distributors to understand their needs. You, you most likely in in all case, in some cases, you already have distributors, and they're probably working with other manufacturers. Understand how they're already using that data so that you can jump right into the pipeline that they've created to push out your products in different ways. And hire the right resources, internal and external. We we hit on that, and we. we we found a great resource internally, but we had a great partner externally as well. And, and those are key pieces to the success uh, of data management, regardless of who, whoever's doing that. Us, a distributor, or you as a manufacturer, have the same data to manage around products and the product life cycle. And that's, that's important. The key to all of this is just get started so that you can control the narrative. Great advice. I think we've heard a lot of good things here today, and I'm going to go ahead and start my summary. And Hold on. Oh, can I chime in? Of course. We still have uh, uh, one, one, one comment. I think Kathleen is, is really about um, platform and technology isn't going to solve this challenge, right? So this myth, if we will, to, that we are busting here, uh, that you buy a PIM system and then it's done is is the one that we need to bust because you buy a PIM system uh, as the supporting infrastructure for then to organize your data. And it still takes that data wrangler, that internal resource or resources. It takes the change in how the operation works, the adjustment of processes. It takes a lot of things that ultimately lead to reduction of frequent success with this. And if you if you don't um, take the time up front to select the right PIM and uh, you go into this with this awareness that you need more than the technology, it may be uh, 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 not a recipe for success. So that's really critical. We have seen this a few times. Um, and when it comes to the PIM, the market is also overloaded in terms of the language, right? PIM. PIM is used in all sorts of references and places. Sometimes even an e-commerce catalog qualifies for PIM. You really need to understand what you are looking for when you're saying we need a PIM solution or platform, whether that's uh, that's uh, solving your needs as far as the complexity of your products in terms of how the product data is structured, right? Do you have things like configuration, complex kits and bundles and dynamic configurations? And can the PIM map those rules? Can it govern those structures? Um, uh, do you have, for instance, um, assets? Well, 
that's that story. Is is the PIM ready to store these assets and pro provide flexible tools around these assets? Um, or do you need to buy another system like a, a digital asset management system? Or does it integrate with such systems? These are all big questions uh, where external, external partners like us can help uh, sort of map the use cases and really um, also um, help with the selection of technology. Great. I think Joe nailed that, Kathleen. And what I would add to that is technology is the accelerator. People and processes are still king. And though I mentioned a specific PIM, we couldn't have done that without the people and the processes to support that. Also great points. Well, on the journey of automation, which is where we're heading to in the future, in places where automatic reordering, and you mentioned the configurator, and, and opportunities for the speed of business to increase, and yet also making sure the right information happens at the right time for the right product and the right seller and the right buyer. We want to help you distributors and, of course, you manufacturers, because that's the focus today, on what to do. So I'm going to do a quick summary here. So Nate sort of started this conversation with helping distributors, manufacturers can help drive and control the narrative by doing a couple of things, right? It's about making sure your content is digital ready. It's easier for a distributor to use and can promote more regularly and more heavily when it is in a digital readiness state. Key to this is operational process. It's about making sure, as Joe said, helping to move things along effectively with no critical outages in terms of points of, of stress or places where there's going to be friction. Two things that, Nate, you brought us around to thinking about in being web ready. Number one was the PIM, and number two was the process for managing that. And being able to do these three slash four things are critically important. Number one, prioritize, making sure data is important. There's a clear owner that feeds into number two, what distributed partners want from you. Three, hire the right resources. And that feeds nicely into what Joe was talking about with the people, process, then technology. Because if you can map it out and build it and see all the resources that are at play before you purchase the technology, once you have the use cases, you're going to be better for it. What did I miss? Anything else you would like to add for our audience? Now, from my perspective, you nailed it in 60 seconds. All right. <laughs> I think the key that you said, Nate, is just get started, right? There's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines, and we want to encourage you to jump in because the time is now. Some of you folks are already well in your journey, and this is a reminder. Double down on that. Make sure you wrangle that data, whatever state it's in, and it's provided in an optimal fashion for your distributor partners and for your own company as well. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today, for teaching us more about Kringles and what it takes for digital commerce success. With that, we are X-Engage signing off. Thanks, Nate. That was great, guys. That was fun.